The hosts feel it would be a little unkind to present this podcast without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to. Well, we've warned you. Hello, and welcome once again to the Frankencast. I'm the mad scientist, Anthony Bowman. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm joined as always by... The mummy who's dressed just like Elvis, that is, Eric Velasquez. My pronouns are he, him. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, It was worth it, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, so this week we are talking about the 1995 movie called Monster Mash, as we mentioned last week, Mm -hmm. um, which is actually a uh, sort of adaptation of a like musical play from the 60s i believe 60s or 70s that's called like sorry the bridge is out you'll have to stay the night which right what heck of a name (laughs) yeah uh which you know was also written and starring uh bobby boris pickett who who is in this as well Mm -hmm. uh and it's actually like i noticed there's a lot of parallels between this and like rocky horror picture show there a lot so, so are we saying Rocky Horror lifted their premise from the play? Because I feel like there's a lot of through line. A yeah, lot. It feels like, I mean, I, you know, I know the whole, like, you know, couple getting stuck in the rain and having to stay somewhere for the night mm-hmm. is, is a common a trope. horror trope. Yeah. But it feels a little more, like, it, more than just that basic <laughs> basic trope here. There's, there's a lot more yeah, going on. There, I mean, it's very campy, uh, a musical. Odd sexual tension. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I think this might be kind of a chicken and egg situation where there was the, the play first, right? And then maybe Rocky Horror lifted from that. But this clearly lifted back. <laughs> it was like, yeah. ah, I see what you're doing. I'm taking that, too. Yeah, because this was definitely rewritten. Like, I mean, there's a lot of, like, 90s references and stuff in it. But, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, th- I think you're right. I think this is like a they kind of hopscotched off of each other. Right. Well, you know what that means. It means uh, we're going to have to come full circle eventually, right? We're going to have to get another another Rocky Horror p- Picture Show based on this. I, there was, I know there was that recent Rocky Horror Picture yeah. like on TV, but I didn't watch it. I'm not sure how that turned I out. Don't know, but... I don't know that anybody did. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but this is wild. This is like, okay, I wouldn't necessarily say this movie is stacked with A-listers, because I don't think any of these people were ever A-listers. I mean, probably the closest one we have is Bobby Pickett and maybe Jimmy Walker. Okay? Mm-hmm. JJ Goodtimes Walker, if, yeah. for those of you know. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, at this time, we do have two people that are at least at the height of their popularity. One being Candace Cameron. <laughs> what? <laughs> DJ from Full House? What? <laughs> yeah. And then we got the Crypt Keeper himself, John Kassir. 
Yeah. Whoa. And he's so much fun in this. I, I am. I am angry at the world. I am. I am angry at the world that we didn't just get an Igor show. <laughs> yeah, that would have been amazing. Yeah, he was a he. He chewed the shit out of every scene he was in. Mm-hmm. No, no regrets. No, no stopping at all. Like he, he was. You could call him uh, pork because he hammed it up. <laughs> Okay. And this is real. Like, I don't know that I have seen any other thing where, like, he gets nearly this much screen time. No. Yeah. I mean, I feel it's a travesty that he didn't get to to get to the levels of Jim Carrey because I feel like he probably could have got close. He definitely could have surpassed Chris Kattan. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, for what that's worth. All right. So, let's talk about this. So, yeah, we open and, like, obviously we're hearing the Monster Mash because, you know, of course... Uh, and, it, but so we, there's like a full moon and we see that there's like a teen couple in a truck. They're a little bit arguing, not much. Uh, they're on their way to a Halloween party and they're lost, but he thinks they're not. Yeah. We actually get a voiceover. I didn't see this, but is this Wolfman Jack? Cause it's, it sounds like it's trying to be Wolfman Jack. Yeah. It's either, it either is him or it's somebody doing an impression of him. And they even call right. themselves the Wolfman. Wolf I'm pretty sure. Right. But yeah, so like they're they're listening to the monster mash over the radio, and then yeah, like you said, the DJ interjects. Ultimately, they end up they turn down a road that says dead end, and they don't see that, and then the truck dies. Right, of course, as as you do. <laughs> right. Uh, and it's raining, so there's like all that kind of going on, and they're like, oh, well, there's there's this one, there's a house up ahead with lights on. We could go there and maybe call for help, and uh, you know, get the truck taken care of and, and get out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they they head to the house. You hear like wolves howling in the distance. You are setting the the spooky mood. Yeah, of course. But they're like, oh, it's just a dog. Maybe a big wolf like dog, <laughs> right? Uh, and so they ring the doorbell at the house, and for some reason, it the the doorbell is somewhere over the rainbow. I'm not really sure. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> That's kind it of a like, cheery. Yeah, it felt like a weird reference in the midst of what we've got going on here. Mm-hmm. And the door is answered by John Kassir as Igor, the hunchbacked assistant. Oh, so good right from the word go. <laughs> and so he's expecting a delivery of a body. And so he's like, all right, bring the body in. And then he's like, oh, wait, you're not the body delivery. Um, right. Hmm. That's no bo- that's body. That's my girlfriend. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, and so he's... Like, as soon as he realizes they're not who he's expecting, he's like, go, get, get out of here. You need to leave right now. And they're like, we, we just need to answer. Or we need to make a phone call and we'll leave. And he's like, we don't have a phone. There's nobody here. You, you just go. Uh, but, of course, then we hear the voice, the uh, the Karloff-esque voice. Uh, Himself, Bobby Boris Pickett. Yeah. So he's uh, obviously playing uh, the mad scientist here. And he's like, who's at the door, Igor? Well, he's uh, not just a mad scientist. He is Victor Frankenstein. Yes, uh, which I, I thought was kind of, a you know, I was thinking about it in, in um, Mad Monster Party, mm-hmm. the, uh, the the Dr. Frankenstein character is specifically Dr. Boris Frankenstein. Right. They, they make that reference. And later on, he'll sing the Monster Mash and say, tell them Boris sent you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's not Boris. He's Victor Frankenstein. What? Yeah. So well, I mean, he is Boris. He's Bobby Boris, but <laughs> right. you know, he's also Doctor Victor Frankenstein. This guy's got a lot of names. He needs to slow down. <laughs> right. 
but yeah, so he comes to the door as well, you know, and is like doing the same thing. Like, tell him to go ahead and bring the body in. And he's like, oh, okay, that's not who he thought. But why don't you come on in? You're welcome. We'll, we'll get you taken care of. Yeah, and, and as you whole... mentioned, he's, he's deaf. Uh, I'm sorry. As you mentioned, Igor's trying to ward, ward them off the entire time. Yeah, like at first he's war- warning them away by himself, but then as soon as Victor answers the door, he's behind him, like motioning, <laughs> like "Go away, run, hurry!" <laughs> and like every time, like Victor turns back, he you know he like freezes and tries to act like he's not doing all these wild motions mm-hmm. behind him. Yep. So they come on in, and or, <laughs> there is a great joke where he's like, "You're Victor Frankenstein of the Transylvania Frankenstein." <laughs> no, of the Henniesport Frankenstein's. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, they, they come inside, Victor calls AAA for them, uh, mm-hmm. but while he's on the phone, there's all these, like, sort of party goers kind of around. Uh, there's a lot of, like, we'll find out that they're basically just, like, backup dancers for, for all yeah. the musical numbers, but they're just, like, women in, like, bikini tops and little skirts lounging around. And one I of think them... eventually we'll find out they're the Draculettes. <laughs> right. Or at least that's what uh, Hathaway will dub them, yeah. at the very least. And they have basically no, you know, they don't get have names. They don't have lines. Right. They're just dancers. Uh, but in this one instance, one of them yanks the phone cord out of the wall very sneakily. Uh, and, you know, Victor's like, uh-oh, I guess the, the, a line must be down. The phone is dead. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're like, well, we'll just go back to the truck and just try to, like, flag somebody down. And uh, Igor's like, all right. And so he goes to open the door and just gets, like, a huge splash of water in the face. Right. And that's when we find out the title of the play, The Bridge is Out. (laughs) Right. So, yep. So everybody just suddenly breaks into song. Mm -hmm. uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah. They sing the song, The Bridge is Out, You'll Have to Spend the Night. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a whole big thing. Like, you know, it's the song is basically just repeating over and over again that you're going to have to stay. Like, we can't, there's no other option. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the midst, we meet Dracula and his uh, bride, who will eventually, Natasha. yeah, we'll eventually learn is Natasha slash, you know, nasty. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, if the, if the shoe fits, you wear it, you know. Yeah. They both sort of like latch on to their, you know, respective teens, you know, so Dracula's after the girl uh, and, you know, and Natasha's after the guy. Yeah, partner of the opposite sex. Yeah, and we get their names are Scott and Mary, but they also, they're dressed as Romeo and Juliet Juliet. for this party, so people just call them Romeo and Juliet throughout the play. For a while, I'm like, oh, this kid's literally named Romeo, but then she's like, no, Scott. Oh, okay. All right, he actually has a real name. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, we also meet um, a werewolf and his mother, who is like a Romani lady, or, or right. seems to be. Right, Wolfie. Yeah. Literally just Wolfie's mom. <laughs> that's that's the character's name. And she's got more of a part in this than he does. Yeah, he really does. Uh, and he's all worried. So, like, this is kind of in the universal vein where, like, this werewolf wants to be cured so he's mm-hmm. hoping that victor is going to be able to help him with that and he needs his dosage up because tonight's the full moon and he's going to transform yeah well of course this is the american uh healthcare system so victor can't treat him exactly because he already has a pre-existing condition <laughs> being <laughs> like anthropy how depressing is that 1995 ouch yeah this is when people could afford their medicine right yeah. So this song, the chorus of it is literally 
they just say over and over again, sorry, the bridge is out. You'll have to spend the night. Like mm-hmm. that phrase is said in the song a good 20, 30 times at least. Right. And then as soon as the song ends, Mary's like, did they say spend the night? <laughs> yeah, I, I would have to say they did, Mary. Yeah, just a few dozen times. So yeah, Scott's like, yeah, we're, we're stuck. We're just going to have to, I know that everybody's kind of weird, but it's a Halloween adventure. Let's just kind of ride with it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Then we get a fun little bit where uh, the mother is basically telling Wolfie to go off and keep himself busy and throw literally throws him a bone. <laughs> right. And we get a funny joke about, hey, where'd you get the old bag? Uh, as someone was picking up a bag. And um, I believe it's Victor who says she was referred to me by an associate. <laughs> right. So, ouch. Ouch. Yeah. Okay. And then, of course, uh, we get, for some reason, Igor playing the hookah pipe. Like, it's like bagpipes, but it's also a hookah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, so he, like, you know, puts the, the hookah tube thing to his mouth, and then he starts, like, squeezing his own hump to be the bagpipe. <laughs> Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, it's very campy and very cartoonish, clearly. We get moments with, like, Victor and Igor are talking about the two teens and, the, you know, that, like, basically, this is the body parts we need to finish everything because he's yeah, got this creature. The yeah, the boy's brain because the, the creature doesn't, the, the brain's no good. Um, and we also get sort of, like, the first inclinations that, like, Igor is interested in Mary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he wants the girl, which is kind of gross, you know? Yeah. Not because he has a hump, just because he's objectifying her like that. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of... I mean, pretty much all of the male characters in this want yeah. want Mary for one reason or another. And only... Well, I guess to be fair, most of the female characters want Scott, at least at one point. Yeah, that's but true. Usually, but usually it's like, ah, eh, we're done with you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like, pretty much right after that, we get like Dracula talking about that he wants these teens because he's been stuck in America for a while and wants to go back to Transylvania. But first, he must drink the blood of a virgin. Why? Just because I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just wants to. He does complain that there's a critical shortage of virgins oh, in. That's true. Ever, uh, in ever since he let Madonna move in, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, yeah, so, you know, he, he wants Mary for that, and Victor's like, no, you know, back off. If you interfere, my years of research will be in vain. Mm-hmm. In vain, no pun yeah, intended. Yeah, uh-huh. you see what I did there? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's a joke I would make. <laughs> and so Dracula agrees, and he says, scout's honor, and then under his breath... <laughs> I'm not like, even a scout. Yeah. <laughs> Never was. So then, you know, Igor... Is, or I, I think Victor tells Igor to show the, the, the kids to their rooms mm-hmm. uh, and they're going to have separate rooms because they're not married and this house is still, you know, there's still rules. They're very conservative. Yeah, we well, we got to keep the virgins virgins, right? Right. Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of uses for virgins, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all we need is the Sanderson sisters and we've, we're good to go. Yeah. We've got the full Monty. And yeah, so then, so Scott is going in Victor's father's room. Yeah, the he, blue room. Yeah, and he was once the master of this castle until he died at about two thirty p.m. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, a great joke. Yeah, so so Igor locks Scott in, and then 
is taking Mary to her room and is like, so do you love him? And she's like, well, love's a strong word. Right. So, of course, uh, this gives Igor hope. You know. Yeah, he's like, I wouldn't know. No one's ever loved me. How could how could anyone love a man with such a twisted body? Yeah, and then we have a little bit of a joke about he's like, maybe Claudia Schaefer. And then she's like, no, Ju- more like Julia Roberts. And then Sunyi. Let me look up Sunyi. Because I feel like I know what this is, and that's kind of gross. Yeah, it, it's exactly who you think it is. Yep, yep. Yeah. Woody, Woody Allen's wife. Not yep. that she's gross. What happened to her was gross. Yeah, yeah. This is Woody yeah. Allen's stepdaughter who then married him. Stepdaughter later. wife? Yeah. Well, adopted daughter wife, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, Anthony, you want to brush your hair? Because I think we need to do a little grooming. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, so that's pretty gross, but yeah, I mean, obviously this joke is at Woody Allen's expense, so I, I'm I'm I'll here for the yeah, um, but yeah, so then you know, Mary's like, but it, besides, it's what's on the inside that counts, and he's like, you mean a pus-filled calcium deposit <laughs> hump? <laughs> and she's like, oh yeah, maybe not so much. <laughs> and then we get the wonderful song "Play Your Hunch," which, <laughs> ow, right. Yeah, so it like it starts and like Mary is singing to Igor and like you know kind of trying to be encouraging, like you know play your hunch and you know you'll find you know you'll find the right person who you know who wouldn't even notice that you have a hump, you know. And uh, but then she kind of like is sort of as as she's doing her verse, she's sort of like creeping backwards, like right. I want to get out of this conversation. <laughs> She's and like, then, yeah, you can get with anybody. Just maybe not me. I'm just going to go back here now. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly, like, the screen goes, like, black and white, and Igor has, like, a tux and a top hat, and he just sort of takes stands over the up. song. Yeah, he and, stands up and straight. Yeah, and he gets, like, his whole sort of dance number. The, the girls show up. They're dancing with him, and he's, like, you know, sort of encouraging himself, you know, like, that I can do this. I can find a lady who will like me. Yeah. And uh, but like ultimately, I think it, it ends with like the girls all like holding him up horizontally in that like you know showgirl kind of pose, right? Uh, and then and Victor it, yells for him. Yeah, and you know he's like the creature got out again. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to track him down, um, and we're gonna have to use uh, or no, Igor is like I think what we need to do is use Romeo's brain in the creature. That'll fix everything. Mm-hmm. And Victor's, Victor's like, like, that's a terrible idea. Uh, and then instantly just is like, hey, I have an idea. What if we use... Uh, right. But- <laughs> he lit- Yeah, he does... By the way, he did this earlier with the uh, let's give them slumber powder in their drinks. Uh, and then Igor said that initially. And then Victor was like, you idiot! We should give them slumber powder in their drinks. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, like their their relationship is pretty clearly that like Igor's actually the smart one, but mm-hmm. he sort of because he's the disfigured one, he has to be the dumb sidekick, and so Victor just steals all of his ideas. Yeah, you know that makes a lot of sense, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely true to life. Yeah, no doubt. And there's a tiny little gag here though, because when when Victor tries to steal his idea, he says. We should use Romero's brain. Right, not Romeo, Romero. <laughs> uh, so get a little little uh, zombie humor there. Yeah, also, he threads him uh, asking if the name Kevorkian means anything to him. 
that's mean because that guy just did assisted suicides. <laughs> he didn't actually murder people. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's just, yeah, it's definitely the first of many just like, hey, here's a 90s reference because it's the 90s. Well, I guess Madonna is really the first of the 90s reference. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. We get Madonna. We get uh, Kevorkian. We'll get like the Clintons later. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'll say Romero has to be a, a joke uh, on George Romero. Oh, well. absolutely, yeah. Um, but so then we kind of, like, uh, Victor does have the idea that, okay, so what we'll do is we'll move Scott's brain into the creature, and then since Igor is in love with Mary, we'll move Igor's brain into Scott, Scott. so now he can have the, the young, handsome, teen, you know, body that Mary is already, you know, in a relationship with, and then right. Igor can just take over. And then we could dump the monster's brain into Igor's body. Yeah, just because, yeah, might as well. Like, he, he pretty much just says, like, well, yeah, we'll just do a round robin because there's not really any reason not to. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and of course, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and then we get, like, one of those sort of just, like, dumbest gags that I still laugh so hard at uh, where, like, they're they're kind of in the lab, and Igor touches this lever next to this like electric chair. Wait, wait, uh, wait! We never ever pull the lever. <laughs> never ever. Ne- forever. It, it could sever our endeavor. <laughs> and of course, the monster goes brever. <laughs> and then we get the introduction of Hathaway with very clever. Yeah. So Hathaway, played by as you said, Jimmy Walker, the guy who is ma- mainly known for just yelling dynamite a lot. Yeah, dynamite. <laughs> and if you're of a special ilk, you know him from the Giver. <laughs> Not right. MacGyver, the Giver. Yeah. If you know, you know. And so Hathaway is kind of a strange character. Like, there's not really any sort of horror analog for him. But basically, his deal is he is like a promoter or manager for a the for king. El- right? Yeah, for Elvis the Mummy. <laughs> right. So they kind of merge, like, you know, dead Elvis with, like, the king, like, mm-hmm. King Tut. But, um, yeah, so he kind of, they're going to revive this Elvis Mummy and start his career over again. But what do they need? They need the blood of a virgin. Of course. Yep. And Victor's like, I, I don't have time for this. I've got, I've already got a lot on my plate here with my mad science stuff. And there's the line, you have violated the seven seals of the jackal. Including including LaToya. LaToya. Hell yes. (laughs) So good. Yeah. So, you know, Hathaway is like, okay, fine. We'll we'll figure something else out. Uh, And, you know, Victor's like, you can come to dinner, but you can't have the virgins. Uh, And Elvis can't. Elvis is not invited to the dinner. He gets on my nerves. (laughs) Yeah, we got to lose the king as he's got a his uh, he sticks out like a sore thumb because he's in bandages. Ha cha 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 cha. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And so then uh, we have uh, Scott and Mary. They're they're locked in their respective rooms and they realize that they can kind of talk through a vent. They do a sweet little comforting, you know, they, they talk to each other, comfort each other, and kind of declare their love to a degree. Yeah, and then that, of course, leads to them breaking into song, and they have kind of like a duet. It's like on a night like this, and it's right. just about how much they miss each other, and they want to be together again. And they sort of like dance around their rooms separately, sort of, uh, I think Scott's got an IV pole that he's dancing with. 
Yeah, and, and uh, Mary decides to open this little cabinet that has a skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> just squatting there. Yeah, just a full skeleton. And so, then, yeah, when the when the song ends, she says, she tells him, she's like, uh, so, Scott, I got to tell you, there's a skeleton in my closet. Yeah, I have and, some skeletons in my closet. Yeah, he's like, I don't care. That's yeah. fine. She's like, no, there's, like, femurs and skulls all, all yeah. nine yards. Yeah. Uh, and and they also while this is all going on like the creature is walking around in in the walls so there's a part where he hears them talking through the vents uh, and he kind of like grunts and sort of like gives them the suggestion that maybe they should try to escape after dinner then they're like oh yeah we, we should escape after dinner like it was the other person suggesting that yeah and then we also see that dracula is like standing outside of mary's room kind of like <laughs> thinking about breaking in and biting her or whatever but natasha shows up and stops him and she's like if you get up to this kind of cheating nonsense again i'm gonna get a lawyer and i'm gonna take everything from you ah uh, he's such a bloodsucker hey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and he go, he's just like, but you know, it's, I have these appetites that I must quit. Like he's just a, a dirt bag. Yeah, uh, pretty and, much. And he goes through this and he's like, but uh, honey, I swear anytime that I'm with those and he starts listening, like those Dude, beautiful, yeah, yeah, this yeah is it, gross. He says prepubescent in there. Uh, yeah. Woody Allen like, must've been part of this. Uh. <laughs> right. Anyway. But like the, the, like he lists all of these, like what he deems positive qualities in a, you know, in a woman. Uh, but uh, when he's with these girls, really, he's just thinking of Natasha. <laughs> right? What a dick. Yeah. Uh, and that somehow, like, she's like, oh, honey. Like, it, you know, like that sways her a little bit somehow. Yeah. Um, and then they break into another dance number. Um, the eternity the, blues yeah and it's just like about how you know when you're when you've been alive forever you got to do things to spice things up and the, sometimes those things are terrible and... yep i guess <laughs> yeah that's pretty much the the thesis of that song and it's you know it's a as the title would suggest it's a blues song mm-hmm. there's a part where like the dancing girls sing and they're like maybe you should stake natasha right yeah which is like yeah, what what did she ever do like that's not fair um, and he's like, I've, I've thought about that. I, I'd like to, but I can't because she can't be killed unless, unless I'm, I'm destroyed killed. first. <laughs> so it's a mutually assured destruction Destru- from them. Gosh, that's that relationship's ultra toxic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's pretty awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get Igor going to let Mary out for dinner. And as soon as he opens the door, she smashes a bottle on his head. Which is always great. Yeah, and he's like, oh, she likes me. She really likes me. Likes me. Uh, and and uh, now we have to go down for some horse devours. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and she's like, you mean hors d'oeuvres? And he's like, you I don't know the cook. cook. Hey. <laughs> um, so then they go to let Scott out. He does the same thing. Well, it's- first Igor's like, ah, because he thinks that Mary's about to hit him again with the face. He's like, ah, 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 I was born at night, but not last night. And then, yeah, Scott just brains him. (laughs) Yeah. And so then they're all kind of standing in the hallway, and Mary's like, so, Scott, we should come with him because we're going to hors d'oeuvres, and after hors d'oeuvres is dinner, and then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And Igor's like, oh, interesting. She's an easy date. Yeah, which that's not fun. No. That's not, Uh, not a good thing to say. Yeah. 
Um, but so then, you know, everybody kind of meets downstairs for dinner. Everybody's around the table. Dracula introduces everyone to his wife, Natasha. And Natasha uh, introduces herself to Scott, calling her, hey, you could call me nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of like... for you, it, Natasha. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of like the, you know, the Janet Jackson thing. You know, mm-hmm. the name's Janet, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. But now mm-hmm. it's just nasty, nasty. if you're nasty. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we get Dracula and Natasha are sort of like bickering with each other across the table. Well, yeah, um, there's the joke about pigs in a blanket, wimp in a cape. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and then we get um, Wolfie's mom, who is also talking to Mary, and she uh, she wants to, like, she, like, reads Mary's palm and is like, oh, wonderful. It's not too late. Yeah, which, yeah. You know the implication. <laughs> yeah. She she hasn't had a chance to not be a virgin anymore. Right. So uh, so then you know we've got Victor talking to Scott and he's like, "Tell me a little bit about your brain. I mean yourself." Right. <laughs> and so like you know Scott's going through his like his grades and his well you know all that and he's like, yeah. "What about your hat size? What five uh, five nine and a half or something like that?" Yeah, and Victor's like, "Ah, oh, this is gonna be perfect." Perfect. <laughs> Amazing, and of course we also have Wolfie being uh, going into almost werewolf mode. He's got uh, a significant growth. His five o'clock shadow hit about ten p.m. already. <laughs> yeah, um, and you know the mom is like, "So I'm I'm reading your fortune. I see a new man in your life. He's got a beard and a hairy back and multiple personalities." Robin Williams. Oh, <laughs> right. that made me sad. Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, um, and so you know then like Hathaway bursts in and he's like I just, I'm the promoter of the king of kings and I want to introduce you to him and so it's just everybody's fighting over they want these teens clearly right. that's, that's kind of the central thing here uh, specifically because they're virgins uh, and yeah. you know for different purposes but yeah same basic idea here yeah, basically, it's most of the, the the guy monsters are now surrounding Mary, and Natasha just got Scott to herself. <laughs> right. And so then we do see, yeah, there's a scene that Scott is like, he's like playing the piano, and Natasha kind of comes out and starts flirting with him. Mm-hmm. And starts Wolfie, of course, Wolfie uh, goes up to Mary and is like, men are such dogs. <laughs> yeah. Because that's fun. Yeah, because Mary's seeing this, and of course, like, she... For the most part in this, Scott is not really, doesn't seem interested in Natasha, yeah. mostly, uh, but it keeps looking like he is because Mary sees these moments of Natasha flirting with him. Right. It, it's kind of like that uh, one meme online where you have the the boyfriend of a girl playing piano for a whole family and smiling while they're looking at him, but once they all look away, he looks at the camera and he's like grimacing. <laughs> he's like, this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, so yeah, but like, uh, Wolfie is like, you know, I'm not like other guys, you know, I'm, uh, you know, but women don't want to be with me because of my condition. And again, Mary's like put in this position where she's got to comfort these guys who, uh, you know, need, need women to do all the emotional labor for them. Basically. I mean, she suggests a way for him to take care of himself, you know, a depilatory or, uh, he could use, this is a nineties throwback for you, a floby. <laughs> Which right. is basically a pair of like uh, not sh- shears, I guess, with a vacuum cleaner attachment that just sucks all the hair away so it doesn't get on your clothes. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, and we do find out that his name is actually Wolfgang. Wolfgang. Um, yeah. 
And, you know, so then I think we cut away to Victor and Igor talking again. And, you know, he's like, okay, during dinner, you've got to give them the potion. And for some reason, Igor is now wearing like a Shriner fez. Yeah, what's up? Why did we get that? Probably because John Kassir just wanted to. (laughs) Yeah, probably. That's he just wears it for the next that. couple scenes, and then that's and then it's just gone again, and that's it. Like so, everybody's kind of sitting sitting down to dinner, and Victor is like going on and on about his experiments and how he's brilliant, and you know, just kind of bragging and doing the sort of the villain monologue thing. Yeah, well, he he says something that at the time was probably cool, but now has a has some dark undertones. Uh, he wants to take his place amongst the great uh, sir, uh, doctors of all time. Pasteur, Salk, and Cosby. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Right, which, yeah, it's it actually fits better now than it did when they made the joke. Yeah. Uh, or at least better than the public knew when they made the joke. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, so there's just a lot of, like, little conversations and, like, sexual tension during the, te- you know, during dinner. Well, they uh, offered to serve Dracula wine. And he's like, no, nah, I don't want to, I don't drink wine, but I would like a Virgin Mary. <laughs> Yeah, right. yeah. Let's keep driving that one home. Yeah, and so clearly Mary's really uncomfortable. Scott's kind of uncomfortable as well. Natasha's, you know, being pretty aggressive in her flirting. I think she like grabs his thigh at some point. Compares him to hamburger, which, you know, some people are into that. Some people are not. Know your audience, I guess. Yeah. While everybody's kind of arguing, Igor pops in with these two bubbling goblets that just have all this like you know steam coming out of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think somebody else tries to grab one and he's like, no, these are special drinks for special guests. Right. Uh, and he's like, all right, it's time for a toast. And so, you know, everybody toasts and drinks. Yeah, but when they give you your Nobel Prize, what will you say, Doc? <laughs> right. Um, so then, you know, this is the perfect opportunity. What would what would Victor Frankenstein tell the Nobel Prize Academy? He would just well, get up did- there and sing the Monster Mash. <laughs> exactly and so you know this is bobby boris pickett and it's just literally i mean he's lip-syncing to the original recording like they didn't make a new recording for this it's it's the exact song you've heard many times before Mm-hmm. And there's some weird stuff here. Like the you got the the dancing girls. They're singing like the you know they did the mash part uh, and dancing behind him and everything. Uh, but then like everybody at the table puts their hands on the table and then like moves their hands back and forth like their hands are dancing. It's a very strange. I yeah. I, I, don't, I don't. Yeah. It was. It's odd. And like uh, somebody uh, saw Beetlejuice <laughs> and whenever they did the uh, uh, what is it called. Um, the Tally Man song. Yeah. They, they were like, hold my beer. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and eventually everybody does get up and dance. And like the dances are, are very awkward and strange. By the end of it, uh, Scott and Mary kind of sneak out into the hallway. They're kind of trying to plan their escape, but they're both like yawning. because so obviously they've, they've been drugged at this point. Yeah. And it's kind of one of those, it almost feels like, you know, those situations where like, you end up getting in a fight with your significant other, and it's really just because you're both tired, tired or both hungry <laughs> yeah. or something. Right. Uh, uh, so they, they get in this like sort of jealous argument. They're both jealous of, of each other because they've had these flirty relationships with the other vampires or the, the wolf man or whatever here. 
Right, uh, but it, I mean, one good look, if they weren't uh, literally drugged, they'd be like, no, that person was not enjoying the flirtation that was happening. Right. Amiri does say something about like, well, at least Dracula cares about my hopes and dreams and my blood type. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, they get in a fight and they're like, ah, we never want to see each other again. They kind of like part ways and instantly Victor and Igor are there to comfort Mary. And they're like, oh, it's okay. And then, you know, slowly she just kind of like slumps over, passed out. So then Victor's like, all right, I'm heading down to the lab. I'll get the monster ready. Eeyore takes Mary up to put her to bed in the meantime. Yeah, and we get a little bit of a creepy scene with that because he's uh, trying to teach her to call him in her sleep. He's like, just put your fingers in your mouth, whistle and blow, or just put your fingers in your mouth and blow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's that, you know, the... I forget what, like, that old noir movie where it's like, you know how to whistle, don't you? But, like, yeah, uh, the fingers in your mouth and blow thing becomes this, you know, she's, like, out of it and, like, slobbering. And, like, right. there's there's definitely some, yeah, definitely sexual implications there. But he leaves and doesn't, you know, doesn't do anything to her in her, you know, drugged state, which, you know, thank God. But Oh, if only we could say that about Dracula, huh? <laughs> Yeah, um, so Mary in her sleep is like talking, she's having a dream about Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Reeves. <laughs> Another 90s reference at the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, Dracula comes in and is like kind of messing with Mary. Meanwhile, N- Natasha is doing the same with Scott, and he's having a dream about Cindy Crawford. Yeah, you know, as you do in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Dracula does end up sort of like, you know, doing the Dracula hypnosis glamour kind of thing and like, uh, leads Mary away. And of course, Natasha's just, she's just blunt with it. She's like, come on, man, be mature. <laughs> Which she won't know won't hurt her. Right. So at least, yeah, at least Natasha's not trying to do anything against his will. Um, but yeah, they're both definitely doing the hard sell here on their seductions. Right. Well, you know, at least Dracula has the, uh, I guess, decency is a word, but I don't know if it's the right one, to sing her Toyland <laughs> to help lull her. <laughs> into her uh, hypnosis yeah so i think then like scott basically natasha gets the message that he's not interested and she leaves and so then scott tries to talk to mary through the wall again but mary's gone and instead hathaway is in there yep and he just told hathaway that hey i'm a i'm a virgin i didn't want to tell you that but you know so hathaway's excited he's got another virgin on his hands yeah yeah now we got some options so that's great (laughs) Uh, so then, uh, downstairs we have like Dracula and Mary and, you know, she's like completely hypnotized, uh, and he is like flirting with her. Natasha shows up and is like trying to convince Mary that like, he's not worth your time. You don't want to mess with him. And it's like, lady, like clearly (laughs) this one, this, this girl does not have agency at the moment. Like you don't need to convince her to leave your husband alone. You need to get her to safety. Right, and what what Dracula does to kind of drive the point home is like, she can make her own decisions. Right, Mary? Yes. And she goes, yes, master, because, yeah, she can't make her decisions right now. Yeah. So then um, (laughs) we get a really kind of, like, strange joke in the midst of this. We're we're in the lab, and Igor's like, so, so master, why is this night different from all other nights? Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
which if you don't know because is a, a reference to a passover it's like a, yeah mm-hmm. it's a like the youngest child at, at the jewish passover is supposed to say that before they tell the story right and that's why <laughs> that's why dracula says why igor i thought you were unitarian <laughs> <laughs> i love the hell out of that joke <laughs> yeah they, you know, they get into like, so we got to do this, the brain swap tonight, basically. So Frankenstein says, go, you know, go up and get Romeo for the surgery, but he's gone. So they're like, oh no, where could he be? <laughs> and then Igor's like, so probably what happened. And he basically <laughs> lists everything that's happened that Victor and Igor haven't seen. Right. But uh, of course, Igor's the idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's, hair, like, that's a harebrained plot right there. Yeah, what kind of idiot would come up with a plot like that? You know, right. the writers of it, this sto- story, obviously. It really feels like, you know, Bobby Pickett should be turning directly to the camera at that point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now we've got Scott, who is searching for Mary, while Victor and Igor are searching for Scott. They bump into each other, and uh, he says something about, like, where's my proud Mary? Right, and of course we get, maybe she left a good job in the city, working for the... Yeah, because John Kassir is amazing in this. Yeah, he's like really just having a great time. Mm-hmm. And so while he's doing all this, Scott just looks at Victor and he's like, may I? And Victor nods and Scott just slaps, slaps him. Igor. That's so good. Yeah. And so again, even after being slapped, Igor's like behind Victor's back like trying to silently warn Scott, like, you need to get out of here. Things are about to go very bad for you. And Scott's like, what? What's, what are you saying? And, and of course, Victor's like, hey, why don't you hand me that candlestick, Scott? <laughs> you know, we're good. We're good friends. Why would I ever do anything bad to you? You know? <laughs> yeah. So he knocks Scott out. Right. <laughs> then we, uh, we cut to downstairs and we've got Wolfgang's mom and she is talking to the monster and is like I you know she's annoyed that Victor won't help her boy so she's like I'm going to set you free and then maybe Victor will pay more attention to my son. Yeah, but the monster doesn't just want to go. He's like what am I going to do? Well, he doesn't say that. But she's like, "Hey, here's some money. Go get some ice cream." <laughs> and she's like, "I I think I hear the ice cream truck." Right. And, oh, that would have uh, got me. Yeah, he takes off. And we should mention the, the monster in this is very weird looking. <laughs> Right. It's, it's like the, the face. They have the top of the head and, and the chin, but the middle the middle face got melted a little bit. Yeah. It's it's very pointy. Like, the chin is very pointy. And there's you know, like it's very Mac the Night. Yeah. You know those old McDonald's commercials? <laughs> With the moon, the literally the moon face guy? Yeah. 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 That's, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. And there's no motion. I think we, you know, we talked about that with the um, Yasin version mm-hmm. of that, like the monster just has like a clay face that has no motion. And this is pretty similar. Right. Like the, the lips move up and down and that's it. That's all the motion you get. <laughs> yeah. So the creature takes off and then while she's alone, Wolfgang's mother sings a song that's about like basically the plight of mothers in general, but specifically mothers of monsters. Right. Things a mother goes through. Yeah. So it's just that she just kind of has this solo by herself. There's really nobody else. We don't get the dancing girls. We don't have anybody else participating. She just sings you know her song. She doesn't get a full name, but at least she gets a solo song. Yeah. Yeah. That's There's true. A yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, and then we cut to Victor and Igor. They've now, you know, seen that the monster is missing. Uh, and so it's just this kind of like musical chairs where it's like they've got the monster, but they don't have Scott. Now they got Scott and they don't have the monster. monster. And Igor knows he's in trouble because, of course, he's going to get blamed. So he just uh, you got John Kassir doing the Igor voice, doing an impression of Bobby Boris Pickett doing the Boris Karloff voice. Right. Like, the layers of impersonation there are deep. Uh, and he's like berating himself and he's like, Igor, you, you know, you idiot. And, you know, like, but then <laughs> so Victor's like, Igor, you know, ca- calm down. You know, it's not it's not necessarily your fault. You don't need to beat yourself up over this. Yeah, you're being uh, too hard on yourself. Yeah, there may be a logical explanation. And Igor's like, yeah, yeah, there probably is. And he's like, it could possibly be even my fault. And Igor's like, maybe so, master. And then he's like, no, of course not. And he's just like, it's obviously your fault. And you yeah, know. you idiot. <laughs> so he doesn't want Igor berating himself because he needs he to. Wants do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now they they head back out to go find the monster. And while they're away doing that, Natasha finds Scott, who they have tied up and left. And so she's like, obviously going to take one more chance while you know while Scott's tied up. She's going to flirt with him a little bit. And he's just like. I just let me let me go you know I, I need to save Mary something's going on here I don't know what's going on and Natasha's like oh yeah you definitely do because she's gone batty yeah or she'll go batty any minute now yeah and he's like okay well I'll do anything if you'll set me free and it's the anything kind of deal you know right and she's uh, like no nah, I'm not into I don't care about that anymore I'm over that <laughs> yeah uh yeah she, basically she's just like Really, I just I want you to rescue Mary because I want her out of here because, so right. I can have my husband to myself again. Exactly, and of course Scott's like, "All right, I'll I'll do that." But we get another '90s quote. By the way, this movie confirmed this was released in '95, right? Because yeah. I'm pretty sure the Clinton incident that we all know didn't happen until like '97. Yeah, so this is like the earlier, like lesser, you know, the the smaller right. Clinton incidents that are the not not the the Monica Clinton incident. <laughs> right. This would be Put the. The what Paula Jones and right. there's somebody I think there's one other lady that I, I mean there's probably a handful yeah, of us yeah. but yeah anyway she's like uh, to quote Hillary Clinton you know he may be a womanizer but he's all I've got yeah he may be a lout and a womanizer but he's all I got yeah so yeah I mean you know that, that, <laughs> we pretty much do in the nineties so Bill likes what he likes I guess yeah and it's not Hillary apparently. <laughs> <laughs> So then we've got we cut away to Hathaway, who's now kind of like snooping around the house, uh, looking for Scott, and somehow he just falls over the balcony. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we did miss a couple parts where literally there was a, a short lived gag where he was hiding behind the door, and then Scott hits him, and then later when the doctor and Igor are looking for Scott, they basically KO him. So now he's like all banged up. And I guess it's because he's had enough massive head trauma. He just trips over the side of the banister. I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, he falls and is laying there. But then the dancing girls come and kind of start, like, patching him and bandaging him up. Yeah, that's when he's basically like, listen, we'll go to Las Vegas. I'll get you a job as the Draculettes. I'll be your manager. It'll be great. Yeah. And then we cut to Igor, who's on the, you know, on the hunt for the monster. Oh, you mean uh, John Kassir hamming it up again. (laughs) Yeah, this bit has no real purpose <laughs> other know. than, like, let's just let John Kassir do this. Right. I mean, he does the Stella thing from A Streetcar Named Desire. Uh, we get, uh, I'm walking here, I'm walking here. <laughs> 
Yeah, in the matter of like a minute, he probably does like four or five different celebrity impressions. Right. But you know uh, what? I'm and, here for it. Each and every one. Yeah. And then he does happen to bump into the monster. Uh, and he's like, oh, where have you been? And the monster is like kind of grunting. And he's like, all right, let's do charades. So mm-hmm. they go through this whole thing where that doesn't really ever go anywhere. <laughs> like right. the monster kind of, it's like two word or first word sounds like. Uh, sounds like catch. Yeah. yeah, it ends up, I think ultimately it gives John Kassir the chance to kind of like guess wrong in some com- comedic ways. Uh, but we ultimately find out that like the monster was out playing fetch with the the wolf. Yeah, with Wolfie. Yeah. So then we cut away to Scott, who has finally found Mary, and she is still entranced. Not only so she's she's entranced, but like it's not necessarily directly tied to Dracula, because Scott's like tell it like at first he's like he has her act like a chicken and dance and do like right. the generic sort of like hypnotism jokes yeah the, the stroke and then eventually holding her nose and going under yeah and then he's like wait she'll do anything that i ask yeah that and, didn't get dark real quick uh, yeah it's su- yeah super gross but so he whispers something into her ear we can pretty well assume it's something sexual yeah, he gets uh, yeah she slaps him and he's like oh okay so not anything anything which is good. <laughs> yeah, and so he's like, okay, well, wake up, Mary. We got to get out of here. So they start to kind of, like, make their way out. And then we get this bit where, like, in case you haven't been paying enough attention, Victor is frustrated and is, like, talking. I think he's talking to Igor, and he basically mm-hmm. just lists everything that's happened in the movie so far. Right. <laughs> All the complicated subplots. And he's like, okay, so so Hathaway's after this guy so then they're chasing her and so she's here like just right he's basically also then coming up with plans on how to get rid of each monster so he can get Scott yeah and the the best one is that so the way they're gonna defeat Dracula is we'll set the clocks back one hour hour. (laughs) so he doesn't realize the sun's about to come up and doesn't get in his coffin in time and and we'll get shrivel up like a raisin that's right um and so then we see upstairs Scott and Mary are about to head out, but they're stopped by Dracula and Scott to try to like ward off Dracula holds up the star of David. I'm not going to lie. Anytime I see that joke for vampire, I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. I don't know why I love it. I guess it's the juxtaposition of what you expect with obviously what you don't. So I'm here for it. Anytime you want to bust out the star of David to defeat vampires, I'm for it. And it's, it's really nice, too, because, you know, I mean, like, usually when people hold up a cross out of, like, you know, you usually, like, you have, like, the two sticks that you form yeah. a cross with. So he's got, like, two pieces <laughs> that he holds up that combine together to, to form the Star of David. Mm-hmm. And he's like, get, you know, get back. I've seen all those old movies. And he's <laughs> like, not recently you haven't. Right. <laughs> um, so, again, they, like, they take off running. But eventually, Scott and Mary are sort of surrounded by everybody. You know, you've got... The, the, the vampires and the wolf and the you know Hathaway and Victor and Igor so they're they're clearly not getting away they all get caught and we get another iffy 90s joke where they're like you'll never get away with this and I can't remember even who says it but they're like that's what they said to Ted Kennedy yeah I think that was Victor <laughs> actually <laughs> which oof oof yeah yikes yep you know this this movie it straddles the line but I think it comes out on the better end, but still, it's it's getting a little rough around the edges. 
Yeah, it's got a lot of offensive jokes, but they're all sort of like specifically aimed at the offensive thing. Per- like, you yeah. know, it's a, a joke about how Clinton sucks and how Cosby sucks and how mm-hmm. Ted Kennedy sucks. And so it's like and Woody, Woody Allen. Allen. Yeah. So, you know, it mm-hmm. got a pretty good track record of like taking down all these terrible guys a peg. So, yeah. I mean, good for so them on that, it. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just gets really close sometimes is all. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, then uh, we eventually find Victor and Igor, and uh, we have Hathaway basically talking about how he's, you know, he's going to be the one to sacrifice the kids because the king, Elvis, needs to be restored. And is it Victor or is it Igor who sneaks up behind him and slaps Priscilla on his back? It's it's Victor, which it seems like more of an Igor type joke, which makes it a little funnier coming from like the <laughs> slightly ser- more serious Victor. But yeah, he puts a sign on Hathaway's back that says Priscilla. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Mummy Elvis thinks that Hathaway is Priscilla, his wife. Yeah, um, and obviously Priscilla, being arguably a cishet man, has yeah. something to say about it. Yeah, so so Hathaway gets dragged into the sarcophagus and is like, I may be from Hollywood, but I'm not that type of guy. This is definitely like a mid-90s kind of joke mm. because, you know, like, we're going to make jokes about gay people, but we're not, like, he, they never even say the word gay. Like, you know, right. it's, I wouldn't say it's exactly at the expense of gay people, but it's still using, you know, homosexuality as a... You know, as something, yeah, as a punchline, basically. So not the greatest thing, but, you know, I guess it could be worse. Yeah, could be worse, could be better. Uh, Yeah. So then we get a really like weird 90s joke uh, like that was uh, really great. Victor says something about, you know, pretty soon the monster won't be brainless. And then the monster does an impersonation of Beavis from Beavis and Butthead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which seems like a weird thing because it seems like they'd be like that. That's not going to be a that timely joke will will die. Not, but yeah. But surprisingly, it's you know there's actually currently while we're recording this a new Beavis and Butthead TV show going on. So right. But in the mid two thousands, this joke was dated. <laughs> not anymore, obviously. But <laughs> right. For a short period of time. Then we get Dracula and Igor fighting over Mary, and Igor just like in the middle of the fight is like, "You're already defeated, and you don't even know it because we mm-hmm. set the clocks back and the sun's out." And Dracula, well, yeah, like, he's like, he's like, "Hey, do you know what my favorite book is? The sun also rises." <laughs> right. Yeah. So then he like pulls. There's like a skylight that's got a cover on it, and he pulls it back, and then the sunlight comes in. But Natasha pops up. She's in a coffin, and there's an coffin next to her that she opens and is like hurry jump in she's like dracula honey don't you know you should have been in bed an hour ago (laughs) yeah so yeah like it basically completely defeats the whole plan like instantly Mm -hmm. uh he gets in the coffin and you know so they close up and so now it's like you know victor's like all right well, well while they're in there it's time we can proceed with the transplant yeah, the, finally the monster will have a, a mind of its own, even if it belongs to someone else. <laughs> and then we find out that they're not even going to do brain surgery. It's right. like they're just going to put like the like hair salon hair dryer helmet things on and just like somehow magically, you know, transfer the consciousness. You're being way too generous. That is absolutely just a colander with wires on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> But then we we get like a really great sort of ending gag here where Victor's like, okay, Igor, you put the helmet on the boy and I'll put the helmet on the monster and we'll, then you can finally throw the lever. 
and we get this like little flashback where Igor sees all of the moments from the movie where Victor has berated and and slapped him around and stuff mm-hmm. and he's like hmm okay and he's like hey um master sh- how does this work again what what am i supposed to do with this helmet and Victor's like just put it on his head and he's like can show me how does how does it work and right. so Victor's you know like, I'm stupid right <laughs> And Victor's like, all right, you idiot. So Victor puts the helmet on himself, and uh, Igor puts the helmet on himself and then throws the lever. And what happens when you throw the lever? You get a brain transfer. Yeah, so now we've got Igor inside, or Igor's consciousness inside the body of Victor Frankenstein and, Mm. you know, Victor inside Igor's body. Which is really weird hearing... John Cassier's voice coming out of Bobby Pickett's mouth and <laughs> yeah. vice versa. Yeah, they do a pretty good job of like audio syncing this so it, it comes out pretty like I, I expected that they were just gonna do impressions of each other, but they they did like the voice sync. That would have been so much better though if they did impressions of each other. <laughs> yeah, that would have been interesting to see how that that mm. would have come out. But so you know now Igor's the master. You know at first like Bobby Boris Pickett is like kind of hunched over as if like Igor is still remembering being hunched over but then he's like wait no i'm the master and he just right. like stands up straight and he's like you're the you know you're the assistant now you're the hunchback and he starts kind of like you know beating on you know on the igor body on you know victor, yeah. victor. Um, idiot and, all that. Yeah. and so while that's all going on mary wakes up and is able to set scott free from you know him being tied up for the surgery mm-hmm. and they kind of like apologize and realize that like you know it's we do really love each other. We've just been put in this really stressful situation and, you know, we were taking it out on each other. So let's get out of here. So they kind of escape and they're like, uh, and Scott's like, next year we can go to Debbie's party, the one you wanted to go to. And she's like, yeah, and, and I'll drive so we don't right. get lost. <laughs> exactly. And of course, Wolfie finally comes back into the picture. He's like, mom, I'm going to be the, my own man. And yeah. <laughs> and then the, the last bit is, so everybody's left and the creature is just still tied up to the slab by himself in the lab and he's like I'm surrounded by idiots. By, idiots. <laughs> by the way, we, we we skipped over the part where he did the Jack Nicholson impression while he was doing the charades with uh, Igor. This monster doesn't need a new brain. His brain's fine. He just doesn't cho- he chooses to be nonverbal at points. Let the yeah. man be. Yeah. Yeah, so clearly here, you know, he's he's perfectly is. capable of talking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and then so we then, get the re- reprise of Monster Mash. Yeah, they just basically play the whole song again. With it starts with just like random clips of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, and then it turns into the credits. And so then we have like you know the the, the thing where it's like you know stills of the actor you know well, from actually, the movie. Did you notice this? There were there were sections that we didn't see in the movie that we do see in this this ending thing and this mm. ending montage. We actually see the creation of the monster. As uh, Victor is creating it and seeing oh. it, so no, yeah, he's I, like, didn't. I was working in my lab late one night. And we actually see him flipping the switches and the monster rise. Okay, so nice. I was like, why? Why wasn't that just in the movie? That would have been fun. I guess it didn't make much sense though, because you know we have the kids, and it would be weird if the monster had just been created. Yeah, I, don't I guess that makes sense. But yeah. but yeah, so we you know we get like eventually you know freeze frames of the various like actors while their like credits or you know their names Mm -hmm. underneath and everything uh and we do get one last um one little new bit also where 
when it gets to the you know he op- he opened the lid and shook his fist you know uh dracula who had hidden in the coffin because of the sunlight mm-hmm. pops back out of the coffin and you know does the whatever happened to my Transylvania twist yeah and then we get cut, it fades to black and we get like the the rest of the song over just like the the other you know the the rest of the credits mm-hmm. absolutely and and that's the monster mash you know no abrupt ending but also no science wheel hmm i don't know how i feel about this one yeah yeah there there's without having like the real creation scene other than that, that brief moment you don't get much science gear at all other than the lever lever uh, and the the colander hats, mm-hmm. absolutely. But you know what? The, the movies, it's, it like we said, it skirts the line, but it's it airs more towards funny, and it doesn't it does not punch down. It absolutely punches up. Yeah, yeah. It's it's silly. It's campy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like we said, like if if you have seen Rocky Horror and enjoyed that, this is kind of um, it's the more tame it, version. Yeah, it's it's in a similar vein. It's definitely a lot less sexy, but mm-hmm. um, but it's yeah, it's still in a similar vein. Yeah, um, I mean, arguably not much, not much less sexy. I mean, I guess there's there's more exposed skin in Rocky Horror, sure. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's a good time, and uh, you know, I feel like you know most people know the Monster Mash, but probably have not actually like seen Bobby Boris Pickett, and here's a chance to kind of like spend some time with him being a weirdo and seeing the, the guy behind the song he's a good he's a good he's a good frankenstein yeah he really is yeah and and, and kassir is a fantastic, fantastic so just, just give me one show where john kassir is everything <laughs> i'm okay with that <laughs> yeah yeah he definitely needs to be in more things yeah, absolutely. And but unfortunately we lost Bobby Boris Pickett back in two thousand seven, so unfortunately yeah. we won't have any new I mean we might have new renditions of the Monster Mash, but it won't be with the original. Yeah. On that exciting note, sorry. Anthony. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like I could do a little bit more monsters and mashing, okay? So, yeah. so what are we doing next time? So next week, we're continuing. We're going to do the other movie called Monster Mash, which is from 2000. Oh. Uh, and so the one we did this time I had seen before. This this other one from 2000 I've not seen. Um, it is I, I know it's animated, and that's about all I know about it. So mm-hmm. um, I, I have it. I'm excited to check it out. But we'll, we'll find out how it is next week, I guess. That's exciting. All right. I'm ready for it. Okay, Anthony, in that case, where can they find us, my man? Uh, you can find us uh, on Twitter and Instagram at the Frankencast. You can email us at thefrankencast at gmail.com. And you can find us, or you can also find us on YouTube. Uh, and then, of course, you can find us at patreon.com slash thefrankencast, uh, where we do, like, we actually recently did an episode talking about a different monster song. So, you yeah. know, there's a. There's a lot of kind of fun nonsense over there, things that don't fit into the, the normal um, format of the, the main feed here. Yeah, there's absolutely a lot of wild content over there. So check it out if you want to. Obviously, you don't have to pay money. But any interaction is great. Just let us know what you think on any of the socials. And, you know, that's that's just as good in our opinion. Yeah, we're absolutely. There, we're there for all of it, especially Twitter. Yep, of course. All right, um, anything else we can got to say? I think that's it. All right, well, in that case... To be continued. That was good. (laughs) Thank you. Looks like you survived.
episode. The Freaking Cast is a production of FCR Media. It's hosted by Anthony Bowman and Eric Velasquez. Follow us on Twitter at The Freaking Cast or send us a letter at thefreakingcast at gmail.com. Our cover art is by Amanda Keller. You can find her at Keller Illustrations on Instagram. Our theme music is by Vivek Abhishek. Thanks for listening. <laughs>